As the leaves are changing in the Northern Hemisphere, the global economy remains remarkably resilient. Strong economic data this week bumped the market upwards, reflecting creativity and persistence in an economy where news headlines are dominated by labor shortages, input shortages, and supply chains so tied up in knots that the White House got involved. How can we be doing so poorly and yet somehow so well? The good news probably won't last forever, but what good economic fortunes we do experience are coming from the creativity of those who just keep inventing new solutions. In this edition of Commerce Code, APIs and the power of data, new ways to know the customer. Dan Carell here, and this is Commerce Code brought to you by DCA, the Digital Commerce Alliance. Thanks for joining us for 15 minutes of insight into the evolving world of digital commerce. About half the lunch spots near my office are closed these days, not for lack of customers, but for lack of employees. A few are open for online orders only, and some are running on a skeleton staff. My son, who works at a coffee shop, tried to quit last week. He was just too busy with school and other responsibilities. I don't want to say that they begged him to stay because begging is undignified, but they went beyond normal business protocol to convince him to work just one day each weekend. He said yes. We all know this story, but we should recall another story too. New business starts. In 2010, the U.S. saw about 600,000 new businesses start each quarter. By 2019, that number had risen to 850,000 per quarter. And that number stayed steady until Q3 of 2020 when it became clear that the pandemic was gonna stick around for a while. In that quarter, Americans started 1.4 million new businesses, not quite twice the usual number. The next two quarters were over a million, and then Q2 of 2021 was back up to 1.4 million new business starts again. It's easier to start a new business now than ever before because the barriers to entry are low. For many businesses, you need an idea, some industry knowledge, some elbow grease, and maybe a trip to the local electronics store. New businesses often need to collaborate with others, since every industry is an ecosystem nowadays, and every industry is driven by data, the new oil. At the same time, businesses small or large have to deal with consumer data privacy, an issue we've known about for years, but which probably took a little too long to become operationally critical. How can companies whether they were founded in Q2 of 2021 or just after the U.S. Civil War, how can they stay creative, keep using data, and yet fully deal with consumer privacy concerns? The answer, again, is collaboration. This episode is about keeping data in consumers' control and how companies can use that data to serve people well. This is an area of great creativity in the economy as fintech and financial services firms find new ways to collaborate to create value for their customers. Today on the show, we'll learn more about creativity and control with consumer data by speaking with Esther Shin of Pentadata. Esther, so great to have you with us. Where are you joining us from today? I am joining you from sunny Los Angeles, Southern California. Beautiful. My first question, and sometimes this kind of question is a little harder than it seems, but in uh, plain English terms, what does Pentadata do for its customers? Right. So Pentadata, we're a secure data API platform. And what we do is we basically enable companies to be able to access consumer financial data and financial signals in one place. And we like to make it available in a quick and efficient way. 
Esther, do you think consumers aren't really aware of the level of data that they're giving out to apps that store their username and their passwords? I think that definitely consumers have become more aware in the last few years, which I believe comes from the change in consent language that is being presented. I definitely think that the consent language has become a lot more clear and concise. In layman terms, it's much easier for consumers to understand what is happening. I'd like to give a good example of it. Recently, my brother has a small business and he applied for a PPP loan. And one of the processes that they wanted him to link his bank account to verify who he was and also to verify the account number where the funds would be dispersed. He got to the screen where he had to log in and basically it said, we're going to be taking Taking your account information will be accessing your statements and your transactions. So it was very clear on what they were going to be taking from him and what they were going to be using it for, where they said, we'll be using this to verify your identity and also verify the account number. So it made it into a seamless process and helped him understand what was being taken and what it was being taken for. Right. Because this is highly sensitive and obviously valuable information. And some of those processes do make you wonder, have made me wonder from time to time, like, wait a second, let me go back and verify I know exactly who this is and what's going on. I'm not being sort of spoofed or something. Large banks, payment networks, payment processors, trust, metadata with consumer data. And so why do they feel comfortable doing that? How do you think about creating that trust with those customers? So I think this actually goes back to good timing on our part. Pentadata was formed in 2018, shortly after GDPR went into effect in the EU. And basically, we were able to create the company in line with the CCPA and GDPR standards. The financial institutions, payment networks, payment processors, they know that, you know, we conform to the standards. And we've been very vocal about the consumer's rights to their data and the transparency that comes with it. And I believe that's what creates the trust for these financial institutions to work with Pentadata. You're creating capability quickly for a larger institution to deal with data in an appropriate way, in a way that was designed from the ground up to be compliant with the standards that you just mentioned. And is, is that essentially the value proposition, right? So you, you've been purpose built at Pentadata to do that, and it just makes it easier for a larger institution to flip the switch and have that capability. So yes, I do believe that is one of our greatest value propositions that we bring to our clients. Integrations with these financial institutions are not easy. It takes quite a bit of technical integration, time, work, legal counsel needs to get involved, etc. And what we've done is we've been able to create a wide coverage of the financial institution data that is available to companies. And they're able to access this very quickly as an integration usually done within one or two days, access turned live and available to use within a week of signing a contract with us. And that has been one of our greatest value propositions for our clients. So you're also working with mobile apps, big tech platforms, travel companies, insurance companies. What's the value proposition that they get from being able to access your APIs? I think there's many value propositions. There's the scale of data that we're able to provide. We're able to provide up to two years of historical transactions on a consumer, which they're able to in turn process and tailor fit offers to the consumer. We're able to take the data. Some people don't know how to ingest it. And we're able to put it through our machine learning and create custom webhooks for personal financial management apps. 
I would say the use cases are endless. Also, we're trying to shift the industry so the consumer is comfortable sharing this data. It's really important for us to have that coverage and consistency where when a consumer is presented with being able to link their bank account or other accounts to be able to present this information, that we're able to complete it to succession. I would have to say our consistency of the data that we have and the coverage of data that we have is one of our biggest advantages in the market. We've had the conversation. I love the examples that, that you're using because it does bring it down to ground level. But we are having the conversation, I think, a little bit at the pen of data and what it does for its customers level. What do you think is the coolest thing that either has been created as a capability or or will be or might be for customers? You know, so I'm just a regular person. I don't maybe know anything about pen of data and maybe I never will. I'm just a consumer. But what do you think is a capability that you're excited about that's being created with what you do? I'm a really big user of loyalty programs, cashback loyalty programs. So that's what I favor. I really like that someone is able to see my historical transaction and tailor fit offers to me, not, you know, just get an email with a hundred offers and I have to kind of sort through them and figure out which ones that I need. If someone's able to look at my historical transaction, see that I recently moved and give me, uh, you know, cashback a home improvement store or a furniture store that works for me. That's the capability that I always like the most just because it's most applicable to me. <laughs> but, you know, there's, of course, personal financial management tools that are made with our machine learned capabilities where you're able to show a consumer where they're spending, where you could help them learn about their finances and really be able to see their spending habits and their credit scores improve because of the personal financial app or management tool that they've been using that results from this. Two good examples because one of them is just fun and positive and, hey, I'm interested in this thing and I get to have tailored offers toward it. But the other one with the personal financial material is not just fun, but important, right? Yes. So I think there's possibilities on both sides and probably many things that we haven't imagined yet. Yes. I would have to say, I think I speak to new companies every week where I'm saying, wow, I didn't even think of that. That's awesome. Especially in this COVID area, I think people are thinking of new use cases where this could benefit the consumer. And our mantra is, you know, if the consumer wants you to have the data and use it to benefit them, then who's to stop them? If you think two or three years down the road, which is just an eon in this industry, because we will have gone through many, many loops of innovation and consolidation and et cetera. But what are you most excited about two or three years from now in this industry? Right. So I think that the amount and the detail of financial data will definitely be much more clearer in the future with the machine learning capabilities. I would like to see some good come from the financial data, just not marketing and loyalty programs, but being able to help consumers in their everyday spend or maybe helping consumers improve their credit scores, things like that, where this financial data and the apps out there are able to improve that. I think that would just be the most awesome use case for this. And I'm excited about the different possibilities that may stem from that. That's great. And given the position that you occupy in the market at Penadata, it feels to me like you're pretty well positioned to be able to inflect that or to make that happen in partnership, as you say, with other organizations. And this is one of the things that's fun about an ecosystem like this was not just a directional supply chain. People are coming to you with new ideas for how to use the stuff that you all have created at Penadata. And I think that's just a great example of the kind of collaboration that we get excited about at DCA. Right. Thank you. We use data to tailor offers to customers. So to close, I want to talk about tailoring. My son is four inches taller than me and weighs 70 pounds less. 
He wears a 36 extra long suit, or at least he would. But nobody makes a 36 extra long suit. He stopped growing over a year ago and he needs a suit. So yesterday we went downtown to see my pal Marty. Marty is a tailor. It was a lot of fun for me, and my son liked it too. For the last few years, his clothes shopping has consisted of finding strangely sized items that were close enough. Pants that were too short, but, well, not that bad. Shirts that were enormous, or far too small. But yesterday, he had a guy with a tape measure, just gathering all the data. And a nice guy. Marty's great. Making small talk about music and sports and life. And Marty just says... Look, whatever the tape measure says, that's what we'll make. It was a cool experience for my son because he actually needs something special. Taking the time to get the right data is what makes it possible for Marty to make it. In a month or so, he'll have a suit that fits him, and only him. For a guy whose clothes never fit, I think that's going to be pretty cool. Now, I'm six feet tall, and I have the physique of a potato, a russet potato, of which I am very fond oblong, a little bumpy, which is to say that I fit a 46 regular suit perfectly off the rack. But that experience yesterday of being back with Marty reminded me that tailoring isn't just about making something unique, something that can't exist anywhere else in the world. For the rest of us, it's about the experience of being known. It was fun. I don't need a made-to-measure suit, but now even I want one. Tailoring isn't just about what we need, it's about what we want, and we want to be known. The world has changed, we're not going to have a lot of Martys in the future. That might seem like a loss, but Marty can only serve a few people. With the right data, companies can reach everyone with tailored offers. I think that's a great vision for the future, and it'll be possible if we can continue to innovate, to thread the needle of preserving customer privacy and customer preferences about how their data is used and who uses their data, while creating amazing, tailored customer experiences. To find out more about the latest trends in digital commerce and digital advertising, check out our website, www.digcomall.org. That's www.digcomall.org. For the Digital Commerce Alliance, take care of yourself and take care of each other. God bless you. This is Dan Carell, signing off.